0: So, we've been focusing this month on the concept about change and all the different possibilities of change. And today we're going to focus about change is always inevitable, but growth is optional. It's interesting to me how much we resist changing things. And as we we begin to resist, we miss opportunities for growth. And so many of us in that process of wanting to change things, Absolutely, fight and battle the outside things which are inviting us to change within. And that change within is the power that is given to you and I. And if we could buy into growth as a normal way of being, our life would absolutely flow with ease and grace. I just love this. Uh, these two chickens are talking. It says it's just nickels and dimes, but it's the fear of change. So we all have this fear of things changing. And yet, we want other people to change, but we want ourselves to change. And the real key is to change. Because there's no great limits to growth, because there are no limits to human intelligence, imagination, and wonder. And yet, we really fight the growth. We really fight that peace where we really have to change. It's so interesting to be challenged um, when life is happening. So I was back um, east with my family, and my nephew got married. And the family is gathering together. And it's interesting because my brother and his uh, wife divorced recently. And so the dynamics of that is very interesting. And I was sitting with my brother at the wedding reception. And we were talking about um, the process of divorce and and the challenge of it. And this is what he said to me. I'll never marry again. How many of you have said that? Yeah, those with your third and fourth marriage. Thank you very much. So that's what he says. "I'm I'm never going to marry again. And I looked over and I said, oh, yeah, you are. And he said, oh, no, I'm not. And I said, Kenny, you have an opportunity in this process to change yourself. I said, you are not responsible for your ex-wife. You're not responsible for how he's showing up today. You are responsible for you. And to be able to change in your heart is the key. And this opportunity is inviting you to absolutely redo his life. And I thought I was profound. (laughs) And then he went back and told me all over again how angry he was with his wife. And I thought, ah, there we are. There we are. He is an example of all of us. We know that we need to change, we know that the change needs to happen, but we get stuck in the story. We get stuck in this story of telling it over and over again until finally we get tired enough of the story that we are willing to change. But in the midst of it, when we're holding on to an old story, we don't grow. We literally don't grow. We become stagnant and angry and frustrated. And in the process of it all, a voice is saying something very simple. Change. The only thing that is guaranteed in life is what? And yet we fight it. And there is a gift waiting underneath for all of it growth is the greatest separator between those who succeed and those that do not when i see a person beginning to separate themselves from the pack it's almost always due to personal growth something in us moves something we don't like in our job happens we get fired we fire other people we have these sayings I had them in my mind. If I could just get rid of so-and-so and and -and so-and-so, life would be good. And I said that once to my spiritual director in seminary, and he began to life. He goes, oh, no, there are more of them coming over the hill. (laughs) They just keep coming. They come and they come. And the reason they come is to quietly disrupt us so that we can change, so that we can elevate our consciousness, so that we can live a fuller and more healthier life. I love Maxine. She says, "Um, I'm going to try to put others first for a change. Okay, that's long enough. That's really what you and I do. You know, that's the kind of change we really want to do. So the price of doing the same thing, old thing, is far higher than the price of change. That constant getting stuck in where we are, getting stuck in our mentalities, and getting stuck in the way we think life should be. In the midst of it, life continues to change. One can choose to go toward safety or forward toward growth growth must be chosen again and again and fear must be overcome again and again that's the powerful reading you heard reverend Millie read this morning and yet we when we feel fear we shrink in the midst of fear is an opportunity to grow to step forward and to change our lives so i want to look at three different ways this morning That growth might be optional for you and I when it comes to change. The first one is read it with me. That's the option. You either are going to change or you're going to. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) What did you feed her this morning? (laughs) Literally, when we say no to change, we have just given ourselves an invitation to die, personally outwardly inwardly have you ever met people that haven't moved since high school have you ever met people I call them people of the night of the living dead they died 10 years ago but nobody told them you know we get stuck we get stuck in those pieces and so your option is either you're gonna change or you're gonna die the second piece is I want to begin to look at what forgiveness does with change because oftentimes what's causing us not to move forward is we refuse to forgive life We refuse to forgive our decisions. We refuse to forgive others. And most of all, we refuse to forgive ourselves. And last but not least, when we can move into gratitude, change happens easily. When we can move into that place of being grateful for every single thing in our life, you're going to watch, and it happens easily. So I want to explain to you about what an eagle does when it comes to change. Do you know that an eagle can live up to 70 years old? But to reach this age, it must make a difficult pace in its 40th year. Its flexible talons can no longer grab prey, which serves as food, and its long and sharp beak becomes bent. So the feathers become old and thick and heavy, and the thick and heavy feathers stick to the eagle's chest and makes it difficult to fly. Then the eagle is left with only two options, die or go through a painful process of change. The process requires that the eagle fly to the top of the mountain and sit on its nest. Then the eagle knocks its beak against a rock until it's able to pluck it out. Then the eagle will wait for a new beak to grow back, and then it will pluck out its tallions. When its tallions grow back, it will pluck out its old age feathers. This process takes several years for the eagle to do but change this worth sustaining pain and after this eagle takes its famous flight of rebirth it gets to live 30 more years my friends what if we learned from the eagle what has been curved in our beak what has been curved in the way we say things and how we say them thinking that we have no choice, that we have no option. We too have to start changing a process. And like the ego, we have to pluck out unpleasant memories, negative habits, and fixed mindsets. Like that ego, we have to let go of the beat and of the story that we keep telling, or we will die. We will die with our story instead of growing and moving forward. Secondly, in order to take a new journey ahead in the future, we have to let go of our claws and of the past and clawing to that past and change our negative and old limiting beliefs. Only when we're able to let go of those limiting beliefs will life ever soar, will change be an option. So the key this morning is to live. It's to grow. It's to give things away. It's to change what we think we came here to do and step into who we know we really can be. We must open up and let things die. We must be willing to let them go. And our fixed mindset must be released. And when we do it, we're able to fly. Then something new can give birth. I don't know what you're like, but when they change anything on a route, it drives me crazy. So here we are, we had this experience. We were driving into Boston. Uh, and we were we were actually going to purchase another bag because we had bought too many things So we were gonna buy this bag and we're, we're looking for a place to buy this bag and then, long story short We end up in downtown Boston in this traffic jam My GPS keeps telling me to go forward to go left to go right and it can't make up its mind And I'm in the middle of this traffic and I was using some interesting words <laughs> to help it get redirected And in the midst of it, we finally made a decision and here's the decision we made we're not doing this. Let's just go home and be peaceful. And we turned around and went home and we were peaceful. And I thought to myself, why can't we do that in life? When something's not working, instead of fighting it, why can't we just turn around and go home? Why can we stop it and just be willing to change? Life is growth. We have no option. Take a look at yourself. Go ahead, turn around, look at each other. It's scary as hell, but do it. Yeah. The aging process is not pleasant. And it's the outside is telling us something about the inside, but we refuse to listen to it. You see, your outside is constantly changing. Gravity has taken over. Lines show up where you never thought were possible. And you live with this myth that somehow it doesn't involve the inside. And I'm here to tell you it does. Because the dying process that's going on on the outside is now getting to happen on the inside. If we don't fight it. If we can be like the eagle and born something new in order to really fly. Every success story is a tale of constant adaptation, revision and change. Flexing. We had our annual meeting a couple weeks ago. Lots of you weren't there, just saying. And... um, One of the pieces that we're noticing is that the concept of church is changing. The millennials are forcing us to look at our brick-and-mortar mentality and asking us to redefine what the spiritual community of the 21st century looks like. My friends, it doesn't look like what it looks like today. And what we're really learning is that we're growing online. So everybody wave to the people online. Because we have about 300 to 400 people that watch us every single Sunday. Yeah, we're growing. But if you and I don't adapt to this new thing we call the spiritual community of the 21st century, we will die. We are lucky enough to be ahead of the curve, and we're lucky enough to be brave enough to ask a question that we have to change the model that we have that we have to be open to what is happening. You can continue to fight and not use things online, and you will die, and you will not be able to go to anything because it's changing. All of life constantly is doing it. Those who adapt to change really begin to see the key. I love Dr. Steve Marabali, a wonderful psychologist, and he writes the following. He says, love yourself enough to create an environment in your life that is conducive to the nourishment of your personal growth. Allow yourself to let go of the people, thoughts, and situations that poison your well-being. Cultivate a vibrant surrounding and commit yourself to making choices that will help you release the greatest expressions of your unique beauty and purpose. And the only way that can happen is by changing, by adapting, by stop resisting, the key is to be flexible, open, and to be able to receive the gift of change in the process. I love um Mr. Fuller says, you never change things by fighting the existing reality to change something. Build a new model that makes the existing model obsolete. I'm asking you this morning, what is the model you and I need to build? Where are we stuck? Where are we refusing to change even though we keep bucking up against the universe? This is what I know about the universe. When you keep bucking up against something that doesn't work, it's the universe saying, don't go there. Say that with me. Don't go there. And what do we do? Go there. <laughs> yeah. Because the universe is about ease and flow and grace. And so what happens is, when things flow easily and effortlessly, the universe is like, go there. But what do we do? (laughs) Bang our head against the wall. Insistent that this is not working, but we're going to make it work. The key is what the eagle did. The eagle decided that since this isn't working and everything is falling apart on its body, it recreates itself so that it can fly so that it can soar, so that it can be more than it ever thought it could be. Adaptability is about powerful differences between adapting to cope and adapting to win. When you begin to adapt, you begin to shift, and you begin to change. There is a change going on in America, in case you haven't realized it. There's a call for a new consciousness in this world. It's a consciousness where everybody belongs. It's a consciousness where Absolutely, we cannot have fear. It's a consciousness where we need to let go of our prejudices, where the healing needs to happen with all the different communities. All of that is going on. We can fight it and we can resist it and we can pretend it's not happening or we can step into a high consciousness that calls us to change and shift our planet. And the only way it's going to shift is you and I doing it. Bringing kindness, bringing love, bringing joy, bringing acceptance, bringing all those pieces. That is what we are about. There is a change going on. There is a change going on and we are a part of it because we have created it with our consciousness. It's time to shift. It's time to change. Secondly, we cannot change if we do not forgive. Forgiveness means forgiving it away. It's for letting stuff go. It's for all those. It's the only way change is ever going to happen. I'm going to share with you a powerful story this morning of a woman who decided to do something with the power of forgiveness that was unthinkable. Watch and see.
1: We end tonight with one of the most potent powers on earth. It can change lives in an instant. Everyone has it. It's the power to forgive. Watch it now in action in Steve Hartman's Assignment America.
2: Mm, thank you, Lord.
1: In a small apartment building in North Minneapolis, thank a 59 year old teacher's aide sings praise to God for no seemingly apparent reason. Indeed, if anyone was to have issues with the Lord, it would be Mary Johnson.
3: Lord, for all you've done for me, he never had a chance.
1: In February 1993, Mary's son, Laramian Bird was shot to death during an argument at a party. He was 20, and Mary's only child.
3: My son was gone.
1: The killer was a 16-year-old kid named O'Shea Israel.
3: I wanted justice. He was an animal. He deserved to be caged.
1: And he was. Tried as an adult and sentenced to 25 and a half years, O'Shea served 17 before being recently released. He now lives back in the old neighborhood, close to Mary this close. He lives next door. Next door. How a convicted murderer ended up living a door jam away from his victim's mother is a story not of horrible misfortune, as you might expect, but of remarkable mercy. A few years ago, Mary asked if she could meet O'Shea here at Minnesota's Stillwater State Prison. As a devout Christian, she felt compelled to see if there was some way, if somehow, she could forgive her son's killer. What'd she say to you?
2: I believe the first thing she said was, look, you don't know me, I don't know you, let's just start with right now. And I was befuddled myself.
1: O'Shea says they met regularly after that. When he got out, she introduced him to her landlord, who, with Mary's blessing, invited O'Shea to move into the building. Today, they don't just live close, they are close, clearly. Mary was able to forgive.
3: Unforgiveness is like cancer. It will eat you from the inside out. It's not about that other person. Me forgiving him does not diminish what he's done. Yes, he murdered my son, but the forgiveness is for me.
1: It's for me. For O'Shea, it hasn't been that easy.
2: I haven't totally forgiven myself yet. I'm learning how to forgive myself. And I'm still growing towards, you know, trying to forgive myself and what it is I've done.
1: To that end, O'Shea is now busy proving himself to himself. He works at a recycling plant by day and goes to college by night. He says he's determined to pay back Mary's clemency by contributing to society. In fact, he's already working on it, singing the praises of God and forgiveness at prisons, churches, to large audiences everywhere forgiveness is a powerful thing yes,
2: I'm grateful. which
1: explains why mary can sing yes, her praise of thanks to her audience so of one steve hartman yes, cbs news minneapolis
3: for all you've done for
0: me i showed this to a friend of mine this week letting him know that i was going to use it in my sermon And this is what he said to me. I don't think I could do what she did. And this is what I said. And that's why you're stuck. You see, the power to forgive is to cause a change in your own life. It has nothing to do with the other person. It has to do with this powerful energy that you and I get to do to change other people's lives and to change our own world and to reach out and do that. You know, this Tuesday, we're starting Radical Forgiveness. What I love about Radical Forgiveness is that it is not about forgiving the other person. It's actually about realizing that we signed up to have different experiences in this life. And as we have signed up to have them, other people show up and give them to us. And when they give us the experiences we do not like, we refuse to forgive them. And the key and the secret to radical forgiveness and what we do in the class is we begin to look and understand that they actually are a servant to us. That they are here to help us learn. To become the most beautiful person and the most beautiful eagle in the world. To make a space to change ourselves. And most of us refuse to change unless we're forced to. Unless something in our lives disrupts our thinking, disrupts our energy, and disrupts where we are, we refuse to change. But then there are the Marys of the world who decide to free themselves and take the step beyond. My friends, sign up for the class. Bring that which you need to free yourself of. Come. Radically forgive what holds us back in life, and watch what happens, and watch how you soar. The power to change is the power to forgive. The power to reach out and the power to be able to let go of things that no longer serve us or others. When we are no longer able to change a situation, we are challenged to change ourselves. That is the invitation. When we keep butting up against the universe, it's an invitation to let it go, to forgive it and to move on. To be able to free ourselves in the most powerful way possible. So right now I want you to think of who or what situation in your life needs radical forgiveness. What is it that needs changing in your life? Think about it. What's holding you back? What old story are we clinging to? It's begging for us to forgive it, to let it go. And if you can't do it on your own, you're not alone. Come and do it with the class. Come and do it with people who know. Remember when you forgive, you heal. And when you let go, you grow. What a powerful affirmation. Say it with me. Remember, when you forgive, you heal, and when you let go, you grow. It's the only way it's gonna grow, or you will die. You will die in your heart. You will shut down, instead of living and growing and sharing all you can be, you will close a door. And the door this morning says, open. Open to that change. Our founder, Dr. Ernest Holmes, profoundly teaches us in our Science of Mind textbook. He says, suppose that we are told that a beautiful diamond ring lay at the bottom of a trunk filled with rubbish and that it was ours if we could succeed in uncovering it. Should we care very much which method we use to remove the rubbish? The main thing would be to find the diamond. We should feel justified in using any method that would enable us to do this. This is equally true in spiritual mind healing. We must uncover the perfect man. We must remove every obstacle and every thought which denies the presence. Every thought of it. Because there's a diamond underneath that manure. Are you willing to go through it? Are you willing to reach it for yourself and your heart and who you are? Because forgiveness is me giving up my right to hurt you for hurting me. Forgiveness is the final act of love. It's the final thing that will change the world. Colin Tipping, who wrote Radical Forgiveness and who the course is based on, writes the following, at a soul level, we get precisely what we need in our lives for our spiritual growth. How we judge what we get determines whether we experience life as painful or joyful. How we view it, how we determine it makes all the difference in the world. Last but not least, gratitude. Gratitude changes everything. When we can move through forgiveness and we can move through change and move toward gratitude, a whole life begins to open up. A friend wrote this powerful book about gratitude. He said, until you learn to be grateful for things you have, you will not receive things that you want. What an incredible line. That is the voice I had in my head on New Year's Day when I was living in Pasadena. Rewinding a few years ago on January 9th of 2010, I received a phone call that would change my life forever. I pulled into a parking lot at the Flinch Center in Capernaum for an event and saw that I had missed a call and a voicemail from my aunt. I had a feeling in my bones that something was wrong. She said something happened to my father and I needed to get to the hospital. That was all the information I had and there was a million thoughts going through my mind. My girlfriend drove me back as we were on the freeway and I received the worst news possible from my sister. As she uttered the words, I dropped my cell phone and felt a puddle of tears in my palms. She said my father had passed away from a heart attack and I couldn't get there in time. When I arrived at the hospital, his body was still warm and I couldn't help but think that he was going to wake up. My mother was 7,500 miles away in Afghanistan and my sisters and I were at loss for words. I didn't expect a tragic event on this January 9th. i just had dinner with close friends and at my father's restaurant where he cooked us a meal the night before. For months, my life was spiraling in the wrong direction. And then finally, I began to realize it was so easy to complain about my life, to get caught in my grief. I wanted to know no more about this And so I read this incredible book called The Simple Act of Gratitude. And when I caught up with that book, I began to realize that was the problem in my own life. Gratitude presses outward and creates good feelings in a universe. And a lot of that comes back to you eventually. But if you're not putting it out, you're not going to get it. Receiving a handwritten thank you card delivers a special meaning for me. When you receive something from a machine, there's inevitably a feeling that the machine generated it in its disposal. So I started a project. I started writing thank you notes to everybody in my life. And the first one I did was to my father. I wrote, Dear Dad, I am so sorry that I was not there to say thank you for everything you've ever done in my life. Thank you for driving me to become a better man. You did so much for me out of the kindness of your heart, and for that I will always be grateful. We may have been two different people, but with our combined hearts, we fit together perfectly. All I want you to know is, I have been mourning you for months, and now I'm going to say thank you for you. And as I say thank you, my heart has opened and my spirit has lifted. Expressing gratitude will give you the most positive change in your life. But the purpose of writing the notes is not just because it's the right thing to do. It's the most selfish thing you can do. The more gratitude you put out, your life will change in miraculous ways. So thank you. Thank you, Dad. I'm sorry you are gone. But because of your death, my heart is open and filled with gratitude. When we can move from gratitude from terrible situations, a door opens and a heart gets freed. When we can say thank you in the midst of a challenge, we will heal. We will not only change, we will grow and we will expand in every direction possible. We have a gratitude conference coming up November 1st, 2nd and 3rd. I think those are the dates, right? And uh, I was so honored to be asked to speak about gratitude and cancer, chemo. It's so interesting to sit and receive chemo and do it in a space of gratitude. And if you didn't see me this last Wednesday, I was dressed as a cow. With pink udders. Yeah. You would not believe what it caused in the chemo room. People wanted to milk me for all I was worth. People were mooing at me. One were asking if the ice cream was made yet. Joy, gratitude changed the entire waiting room and chemo room from dressing as a cow my friends if i can do gratitude during chemo then what the hell is your excuse to not have gratitude in your life to not change to not be open in life to not live and grow and change and be all you can be if i can do it so can you Join the Gratitude Conference. If you can't do it on those days, you sign up and do it later. But do it. Listen to 30 different people from all around the world who will tell you that gratitude changes everything. And I'm here to tell you it has. Living a life of gratitude is a healing energy. That's why I'm doing it with chemo. I don't do it because I love dressing in costumes. I don't. When they show up at my house with that, I'm like, really? That's not why I'm doing it at all. I'm doing it to have a gratitude, an attitude of gratitude in the midst of chemo. You know, Deepak Chopra says, gratitude is a divine attitude in the wisdom traditions. It takes you out from your ego self and takes you to a higher self. That higher state of consciousness initiates self-repair, self-regulation, and healing. And it talks to yourselves, my people. It causes joy in one's hearts. What I know is that the vibration of gratitude cannot vibrate at the same time as the vibration of hurt. Whichever you choose, it shall be. You cannot vibrate at both those spots at the same time. You have to choose. I'm telling you, my friends, choose change and choose to gratitude. Choose to vibrate at a place that will transform your life. Because gratitude is the wine of the soul. Go on, get drunk. <laughs> Rumi. When some things go wrong, take a moment to be thankful for many things that go right. I have many things that are right in my life, and you are one of them. This community is one of those. The relationships in my life are so right. I have such an incredible, loving husband. It just works. I say thank you, Spirit. Thank you for allowing me to live and grow. What I have found the recipe for change and the recipe for gratitude is that changing is an art. It takes time, it takes practice, it takes love, and it takes gratitude. That's the mixture. And when you do it, and when you change, and when you transform, life happens. I'm thankful for my struggles because without it, I wouldn't have scrambled across my strength. The untold good which the creative spirit has placed at our disposal awaits the magic touch of our consciousness to spring into expression for us, filling the cup of our desire with its manifold gifts. Who does not wish to be filled with gratitude, to be well and happy and prosperous? And there is a voice in each one of us forever proclaiming and insisting upon this divine potential, waiting for us to change, waiting for us to open our hearts, waiting for us to shift, waiting for us to forgive, waiting for us to change our mind, so that spirit can dip in. I'm thankful for my struggles, because without it, I wouldn't have stumbled across my strength. I wouldn't know how strong I was had I not had this decision, this thing that showed up in my life that I would not choose. But in it, look out, world, I've become stronger, become passionate, become loving. You don't need cancer to get it. You can just change. You can just open your hearts. This was written by a wonderful author from 29 Questions for the Ordinary Life. (laughs) You were put here on the planet to live, constantly grow, and let go. When you master that rhythm, you will have mastered your world. That's the rhythm, friends. Grow, let go, and live live grow share all you can be open your hearts and change so this morning i'm going to invite you to not just listen to me but to feel it in your heart to feel it in your body because when you feel it in your body it will happen the one of the gifts gifts i got when i remember when i got this assignment in seminary they would assign you for a pastoral year to do something when I became a Catholic priest. And one of them was I had to work with the deaf. And I thought, how in the heck can I work with the deaf? I don't know how to communicate with the deaf. So I had to learn as well as I was doing it. And what I learned in doing sign language was that it, it began to vibrate in my heart, that the change began to feel in my heart. And so the very first song I ever learned in sign language, we're going to do together this morning, so I invite you to stand and don't worry, nobody can gesture like you can, so don't be looking at your neighbor.
3: <laughs>
0: so, this morning we're gonna we're going focus our attention on living and growing and changing. So, I want to teach you the word to live. So, just do letter L's like this, and just do I wanna live. I wanna teach you how to grow. So, you know how a seed goes under the ground, and you just, I wanna live and I wanna grow. So, I wanna live, I wanna grow, I wanna see all the change. I want to see all the change. So I want to live. I want to grow. I want to see. I want to know. And I want to share all that I can give so that I can be fully who God has called us to be. Let's use it as a prayer this morning. I'll take care of the verses. You just come in on the refrain. (laughs) So I want to live. I want to grow. I want to see. I want to know, I want to share all I can give. I want to, there it is. Pray it with me.
3: There are children raised in sorrow on a scorched and barren plain. There are children raised beneath the golden sun. There are children of the water of the sand And they cry out through the universe Their voices raised as one I want to live, I want to grow I want to see of a whale? Have you watched the dolphins frolic in the foam? Have you heard the song the humpback hears 500 miles away, telling tales of ancient history, of passages and homes? to face and arm in arm we are standing on the threshold of a dream no more hunger no more killing no more wasting life away it is simply
0: So pray with me, the power and breath of the universe, inviting us to live, to grow, to see and to know all that we have the potential to be, that divine spirit that permeates in the foam of the sea, in the dancing of the dolphins. In the cool breeze of the fall winds this morning, that God spirit, that God essence is present right here, right now, feel it. For it is breathing us. And it echoes in our hearts this day, we are one. And what I know is that I am one with that divine power. I know that every single person here in this space today dances the one power we call the universe, God's spirit and standing in that divine power, I call in for us change and growth. I know that the stumbling blocks that have been put before us are opportunities and diamonds in the deep. And so this day we put before the universe any struggle that we have and we hear the universe say, it is clear, move on. Whatever needs to be changed is changed this day. Whatever challenge has been set before us whether it's a health challenge, a mental challenge, a physical challenge, this day we simply release it. We give it over to the universe, we surrender it with such power, knowing it is being taken care of, and we move in the directions of our dreams. We create our new beaks, we pick our new feathers, we spread our wings this day and we fly. I claim it not only for us and for this community, I claim it for Colorado Springs, and I claim it for our world, I claim it for our nation that we wrap our arms around each other and stand in the place of power, change, and transformation. I am in such gratitude for this power, such gratitude for the change that invites us to grow. I say thank you, Spirit, for everything that grows around us, invites us to be more than we ever thought we could be. So I simply release my words this morning, knowing that we are going to live, we are gonna grow, We're going to see, we're going to know, and we're going to share all that we can give. I claim it for us this day. I know it is already done. I know the universe is already unleashing the power to do so. So I place it in the universal law knowing it is already unfurling and that it is beautiful and great. I simply release this knowing it is the truth. And with one voice we sing and we affirm together.
2: I am the place where God lives, most and breathes and has its be. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, Most and breathes and has its be. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has his feet. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God lives, moves and breathes and has his feet. I am the place where God shows up. Place where God is, moves and breathes and has his being. I am the place where God shows up. I am the place where God is, moves and breathes and has his
0: So it is. is. Ah, this is the time in our service where we get to circulate our good, get to allow prosperity to unfold and allow it to really flow in our lives. And I'm inviting our online community that joins us every Sunday, I invite you to donate to our ministry as well. So I invite you to take your tithe or your gift in your hand, place it over your heart and let us pray our affirmation together. I joyfully celebrate the flow of God through me. I am grateful for receiving and giving to my spiritual community. I give thanks, always knowing God is my source, and so it is.